Oh, that gets the blood pumping a little bit over there. We're live. We are back in action. Pump in through your speakers on Anchor Radio. This is the third and three podcast starring Miss MVP Nikki Nick, Coach of the Year Damian Adams, and myself, Jason Fearman. Make sure you give our new page a follow on Twitter at third and three podcast. Those are the numbers three. And we'll always follow you back. Guys, you know what the show's all about. You know how we do on third and three. Fun football and forever a team over here. This show is presented by the Sports Column. And a special shout out to the man of the Sports Column, Frankie Fear, and his new podcast. We're looking forward to that on Monday. Also, a very special shout out to Josh McKinney, host of the Four Quarters podcast, who I listened to last night. What a hell of a show. I don't know why it was my first time, but I will be back and listening to that. So Damian, Nikki, and I, thank you for the shout out and giving you one back yourself. No doubt. Be sure to check them out. Four Quarters Podcast, Josh McKinney. Guys, we're living in a tough world right now, so me and my teammates are going to do our best to bring the enjoyment into your day. So let's say hello to the squad. As always, ladies first, the pride in New Jersey. Nikki, Nick, how we doing? All right, the pride in New Jersey. I like that. You're doing good. I got a manicure, pedicure finally yesterday. My hair appointment is in two days. I'm on cloud nine right now. I guess that's how the ladies do it, man. You have Manny and Petty and everything is all good to go. No problem. Good for you, Nikki. It's the simple things in life. Damien, my man, the best from the West. What's happening, bro? The real deal. Oh, man, I'm just happy to be on the show. I know that if Nikki got her Manny and Petty, that the nods when Nikki's going to come even harder this week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> looking forward to that. Just ready to get another great show going with you guys. Oh, yes, indeed. It's going to be a great one of those as we have a great time here. We want to thank all the listeners. You guys have been really Helping us out a lot, um, a lot of feedback. We really appreciate it. The numbers are nice and uh, pretty sweet. So we're thanking you a lot over here on 3rd and 3. The topics of the day, here we go. Continuing our rankings of the quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers in each division. We got the AFC South this week. Mount Player Player, you know how we do it always. But here we go. Game Day Foods is the theme of the week for Mount Player Player. Knowledge with Nikki, she's going to kick our butts. We know it. We also got one of Damien's beauties in there. Unpopular opinion. Am I crazy? Ooh, I can't wait to get into that one. That's going to be a lot of fun. We got some more likely to happen, like the Browns winning the Super Bowl or the next Solar Eclipse. Fun stuff like we did last time. We're going to have a great time at that. And we got a little more dinner club fight. Who's got you back in a fight? Guys, my, my teammates got their own. I can't wait to hear it. We're ready to rock and roll, guys. What do you say? All right, I believe it is time. Let's get into it. And we do begin the show, as always, with the rankings. And we got AFC South this week. And I'm going to tell you guys right off the bat, this was really hard. And it's not because I'm looking at a division that's got a whole bunch of good teams. The level of mediocrity drove me bananas. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're right, though. Yeah, once you start digging in a little bit, you're kind of like, huh. I, yeah, I don't know where to quite place some of these teams. Right. I'm telling you, I, I'm not going to have any problem with any of your, your list because I changed mine four times. So I don't even know what's going on. But I, I went with the best I could, Damien. Yeah, no, it definitely was a hard list to make. Uh, and like you said, the level of mediocrity, especially with my receivers, once we get there, it's... Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's something that is definitely... Alarming in this division. Yeah, you ain't kidding. You know alarming. what? Alarming. I like that. Yeah. That's, that's very alarming. 
think one of the safest things I could possibly say in the show is that when we go over the wide receiver group, I think every single one of them are younger than us. And we have different ages on this one. This is a very young core group over here on all these teams. And wow. Yeah, we got a lot to go over. So let's jump into it. Here we go. Quarterbacks. Who wants to kick us off here? All right. So I'll take the silence. All right. I like that. I appreciate that, Nikki. All right. Well, uh, to me, this was obvious at the top. That was the easy part. Deshaun Watson is an MVP type player. He doesn't have, obviously, D-Hop. We've beaten that one to death over here. But he does still have a few other weapons, which we'll get into. But uh, overall, Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback in that division, hands down. I don't need to go much more into it. Here's where it got really tricky. Two, three, and four. And honestly, they can go in almost any order. But here's where I went, guys. I went Ryan Tannehill, too, not because of what happened last year necessarily. I've watched him in Miami, and I know that he's a good, he's an above-average quarterback, not great by any standards, but I believe him in that offense, he works. He's an accurate quarterback. He can get the job done a little bit more athletic than others think. Third, I went Gardner Minshew. Yep, I did. I went him over Rivers, and... That's because watching this kid last year, yes, it was a one-year deal, and Rivers has been playing for 39 years, so I know there's a big discrepancy there, but we're talking about this year coming up. So Minshew, his athleticism, his hype, uh, you know, the way he feels, there's not a lot going on around that team, but he's that one few bright spot. And, yes, I had Phillip Rivers fourth on my list because I'm not a big believer in him anymore, and most of that has to do with age. He's been very durable throughout his career, which is – surprising for a guy who can't move but uh he's look he's there I think that the Colts are going to do a good job overall like I said before but out of all the four quarterbacks I honestly had the least confidence in Phillip Rivers out of them all guys so I don't know how you feel about that Damian Nikki but I had a tough one with that list guys yeah I definitely understand why you had a tough time I don't have a problem with your list my list is a little different but I can see why you went in that order um, for mine, number one, of course, Deshaun Watson, absolute monster at QB. His ability to go from making something out of nothing, staying in the pocket, going out of the pocket, making plays, he's a, he's phenomenal. Number two, I went Phillip Rivers because his ability to hit the deep ball, his ability to get the ball in his hand quickly, which he has to do because of his lack of mobility. He does, he does have the ability to get the ball out fast. And last year wasn't the best year for him, but because of his body of work, I have to believe that if he still has something in the tank, he is the second best in this division. Um, third, I went with Ryan Tannehill. Last year had a very good year coming in for Marcus Mariota. He has great mobility as well from a wide receiver at Texas. It was Texas A&M, I believe. We hear that every game he's in, the announcers always make sure we know that he's a former <laughs> receiver. Right. Um, <laughs> and fourth, I went with Gardner Minshew. Minshew had moments where he was good, but I believe most of the year he's below average. And I think that we forget about it because of his look. We talked mm. about his look before. He's very marketable. Yeah. Um, he has look. And I took points away from Jacksonville for that backup QB. There's no backup QB I hate more than Mike Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, like, Mike Lennon has been around forever on the fact that he looks like he can play football. <laughs> He's never shown an ability to actually play at a high level past high school, really. Oh, right? man. In, in college, they chose him over Russell Wilson. Like, just let's wow. put that into the atmosphere in a logical day. The reason that Russell Wilson had to transfer to Wisconsin is because of Mike Lennon. 
Mike Glennon. <laughs> Mike Glennon. Damien, I didn't even know he was still in the league, man. I'm not even going to lie to you. Very passionate about this. Yes. Yeah, Mike Glennon, like the look the part, oh, I hate the look the part all-stars. Oh, he looks the part, and that's Mike Glennon to a T. He's been looking the part for his whole career and has made a lot of money. Like, go look at the money he's made for looking the part. <laughs> so that's why I have them for because I don't believe in Minshew. I think he still has a lot more to prove. And I just absolutely despise what Mike Lennon represents as the look the part. <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Oh my gosh. Well, all right. Well, again, it's, like I said, I can't argue with your list that the Philip Rivers, I was a little surprised to put him at two, but like you said, the body of work, these other guys don't have as as much of one. So I get it, brother. I get it. All right, Nikki, what do you think? All right. Well, one, of course, Sean Watson, I, you know, that's a no brainer. I mean, can they just please get this kid an offensive line? Like, yeah. He is crazy <laughs> successful for the fact that like, he's, wasn't he the most stats? Like I just, I mean, I don't know. Please get this kid some help. It's criminal that you do not help Deshaun Watson. Like, my God, it drives me crazy. Good call. So, yeah, after that, yeah, I mean, two and three, I went back and forth between Rivers and Tannehill, and I, I, I do have Tannehill two and Rivers three, but I literally changed that probably a hundred times, so <laughs> I, I feel like Tannehill, he just... He's younger. He kind of just he just fits in Tennessee, right? He fits their system, their scheme. He kind of reminds me of that Nick Foles. He works in Philly. Not quite sure where he's gonna go and ah. how he'll fit anywhere else. Like I get that. Um, Rivers, I just like dinged a little bit on age, but like Damian said, the body of work. I know last year was not the greatest. But I think the Colts, look, they're obviously building for a win now, and they're a pretty solid team. They got a great O-line, so Gardner Minshew, I mean, this kid's just on a terrible team. (laughs) I don't have any expectations for Jacksonville. I mean, he started, what, 12 games? I think he was 6-6, so not... Like, not terrible, but I think he could be steady for them. But I don't think he's got a great supporting cast. Yeah, I hear you. And again, you're right. You know, we just saw him last year for the first time, yes. And he put up pretty decent numbers, no doubt. And yeah, Philip Rivers, to me, is the biggest wild card out of them all because they have a team, to me, that's ready built. I'm not going to say Super Bowl necessarily, but they can make a deep run in the playoffs if he can stay healthy and they can protect him, which they certainly can in Indianapolis, having maybe the best offensive line in the league. All right, so uh, I wasn't surprised that we'd be all over the place with this one because, as we said, mediocrity is very hard to decipher. So let's try the running backs over here and see what we got with this one. I'll kick it off if you don't mind. Um, I actually did think about it, but when it just comes down to it, yes, I know that you know having a backup running back is extremely important. you got to spell your, your top guy, but Derrick Henry trumps all. I mean, the guy is ridiculous, obviously, so I have to put him number one standing alone Two, three, and four, again, had a little bit of a problem. But when it came down to it, I love the youth of the Colts. When you talk about just getting Jonathan Taylor and what Marlon Mack can do, what we've seen him, and even bringing in Naheem Himes, those three guys right there, I love. I think that the Colts are going to be one of the better rushing teams in the league, to be honest with you, collectively. And I think that Taylor is going to see a lot of action. So, um, yeah, to get Rivers working with a little play action and having more time, yeah, I think the Colts are going to be running the ball 55, 60% of the time this season. So I like what I see out of them. 
Um, Leonard Fournette, to me, is still a very underrated guy. Again, uh, we're talking about a team, Nikki, as you pointed out so eloquently, they suck. And there's no, <laughs> there's nothing else around him. You know, he's got Chris Thompson to back him up, who's viable. I like that. But Leonard Fournette, is, he's really a beast in himself. And it's, again, just unfortunate they don't have a good offensive line or any other threat where they usually stack in the box with eight guys to make sure they stop him. So that would be Jaguars third. And then fourth, David Johnson, I, he, he doesn't play. He hasn't played in two and a half years or whatever it's been. So I'm scared about that. And I like Duke Johnson as a backup coming out of the backfield and doing his things. But he's no starter in himself. So to me, the Houston Texans are the biggest wild card in the running backs when it comes to David Johnson and Duke Johnson. I guess the Johnson brothers, Johnson and Johnson. I'm sure they get that nickname soon enough. So that's how I went. You know, Derrick Henry Titans, Colts with their youth, uh, then Leonard Fournette, Chris Thompson backing him up in Jacksonville. And then I went with the, uh, the Houston Texans with just David Johnson and Duke Johnson. So not sure how you guys are feeling about that one, uh, but let's find out. Nikki, what do you say? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much with you there. Derrick Henry, of course, I have him in the top spot. He is the centerpiece of their offense, um, and he is just beastly. Like, his highlight reel is so entertaining, you know? <laughs> right. Just, you got to watch, love watching this guy play. Yep, I have Indy second. They are extremely, you know, we've got Marlon Mack, they got their rookie Taylor. He's young. I think the Colts probably edge Tennessee in depth, but um, – I, I can't quite bump them to number one yet, obviously. I agree. And I, I did this again. I just tossed up three and four. I know we got Johnson and Johnson. But David Johnson, I mean, he got bit by the injury bug. He's not as efficient. I mean, who knows what that this year is going to hold in store for him. And then Leonard Fournette, I mean, it's the one-man show. It's kind of my concern with him. Um, and he just – I think that he is – doesn't always quite live up to his expectations and he's productive, but I don't think he's impactful. And I think there's a difference there. So I really think hmm. one and two are no brainer three and four flip a coin. I think that was pretty well said, not impactful. And yes, I, I'm not going to put all the blame on him for that. Like I said, ja like we all said, Jaguars are not a, a great team or even a good team for that matter. So their star players, the very few that they have, and one left last year in Jalen Ramsey. They don't have much time to shine. But, uh, yeah, it's hard to argue with that, Nikki. Well done. Good job. Damien, can't wait to hear what you got. Yeah, no, you guys definitely broke it down very well. I got Derrick Henry number one. Derrick Henry's so good, he carried Tannehill to a top contract. <laughs> he did. <laughs> You're right. that, that's so true, man. You're right. I agree with the Colts at two. I love the combination of Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. Take a lot of pressure. They should run the ball a lot to make sure that Philip Rivers isn't carrying a low for them. Yep. So I think that numbers for those guys will be great this year. Three, I got Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette should be what Derrick Henry is. Yes. Like he, he should be what he is. Like when he came out of LSU, being an LSU fan, at LSU Fournette was a man child. And yep. he was supposed to come to the NFL and do the same thing. And he has that moment. You've seen the talent come out, but like you said, it hasn't been impactful enough to put him up in that upper echelon of running backs. And four, I got David Johnson, Duke Johnson. You guys said it perfectly. David Johnson's had one good year. Yep. The money he's made off of one good year is phenomenal. Right. Like he, he had literally one good year. It was a great year. He had over 200 yards rushing, I believe over 700 yards receiving. It was a great season, but it was one good season. And from there, he hasn't been able to play. 
And hopefully this year he proves all of us wrong and he comes out and he's worth that second round pick and DeAndre Hopkins. We'll see. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> Seems like we pretty much all agree for the most part on that one. You know, basically had the same kind of order with the same kind of thinking. And uh, that's why the three of us are just three of a kind, man. There ain't nothing like it. All right. Wide receivers. This one should definitely be interesting. I have no doubt that we all have different orders over here. Uh, Damien, it's your turn to start, brother. Wide receivers. So I went with Tennessee first. I like the combination of A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. A.J. Brown is somebody who I believe could truly turn into like a star wide receiver this week. I think this year may be a breakout year for him. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. I went Jacksonville at two. D.J. Shark Jr. is very good. D. Westbrook's a speeder. Dylan Cole's good. I like the rookie. Uh, we had some fun with his name on the first podcast with Visca. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only you can say it, bro. Only you can say that. None of us can. <laughs> Cannot pronounce that, bro. <laughs> but, yeah, I like him a lot coming out of college. I like that that force of wide receivers there. Three of them in Houston. Even though they lost, you know, maybe the best receiver in the league, they still have Will Fuller. It's healthy. Will Fuller's really good touchdown machine. He's somebody who frustrates you in, you know, fantasy because if he's healthy, he's getting you a touchdown a game, but then he misses six games. Um, mm, Brandon, yeah. Cook, Brandon Cooks has to be – the most talented guy to be on the most teams. Yep. Usually we have somebody <laughs> who has been on, you know, five, six teams in five, six years. Usually you're not that good. Right, right. And it to somebody who consistently gets you over a thousand yards and has just been traded all over the league. It just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> and Randall Cobb is a very good slot receiver, somebody who is just steady. You know what you're going to get from him. He's not going to let you down at all. So I like what he used to have there at wide receiver. And four, I went with Indy because T.Y. Hilton's very good. But T.Y. Hilton being a smaller guy, it's hard for you to depend on him as a number one guy when he's more of a deep threat, more of a big play guy. You need that possession guy to depend on. And I don't really see that there with Michael Pittman Jr. or Paris Campbell. So I went with Jacksonville, or excuse me, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Houston, and the Colts for my wide receivers. I find that very, very interesting, that order right there. That really is interesting. And uh, you made a lot of great points when I was listening to you, especially. And, yeah, the T.Y. Hilton factor also, you have to – we all have to understand that he just does not play a full season. He comes out of games often, and it's very unfortunate. And when that happens, they really have no passing games. So these other guys are going to have to step up because, unfortunately, if history repeats itself, he will be spending some time on the bench. But let's pray he doesn't. All right. Very good. Very good. Um, Nikki, you're going to go last on this one. Uh, you're going to anchor us over here. Uh, I actually, I, I know it sounds weird, guys, but I went the Houston Texans first. Um, again, talent alone, yes, I know. Will Fuller, again, he's another guy who just cannot stay on the field. But if there's some miraculous way he can play 12 full games even, that would be great. Brandon Cooks, you couldn't have said it any better, Damian. I can't, from New Orleans with the Patriots, with the Rams. I mean, how many times can this guy move around? And I wonder why. Because he definitely has the talent, but he never has enough time to settle in to become that number one guy. Maybe this, maybe he's Deshaun Watson's new guy. And I do like Randall Cobb a lot. So I do think that they have three guys out there who can cause damage. And again, we're talking about a division of mediocrity. So that's why I have them one. But a close second was Jacksonville. So I agree with you there. I love DJ Jark. 
Love what he's doing. I'm a big fan of D.D. Westbrook. I know that he doesn't show up every game, but that has a lot to do with game plan. And they're down by 25 points. And, you know, they're playing, obviously, nickel and dime defenses and whatnot. But I like him. Uh, even you throw in a little Chris Conley once in a while. And the gentleman's name I cannot pronounce, um, Junior, I'll just call him. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's doing. Ten- I, Tennessee, yes, I'm putting them at three. I don't love him, bro, like you do. I do like A.J. Brown a lot. He did come on big time at the end of the year. I did use him a lot in fantasy and FanDuel and all that stuff. And all that stuff. Corey Davis has been a disappointment, though. I thought that he was going to be a bitter, a bigger, better player. I really did. And he's just yet to come through. He had a, like a three-game stretch last year. And I really haven't seen much since then. And then you got Adam Humphreys in the slot. I mean, what is what, what's he good for? 35 catches, 550 yards, and two touchdowns. So I'm not in love with them, and I'm definitely not in love with number four, which is the Colts. And I really couldn't break it down any better than you, although I do have a little more hope that Michael Pittman Jr. can be that 1A type of guy to step in really quickly and maybe take that league, take the league, the team by storm or whatever it is. Not a lot of faith in Paris Campbell and Zach Pascal, so that's why I got him four. So, again, Texans one with the wide receivers – Jaguars, too, they were really close, and three and four were close for me going with Tennessee and then the Colts. So that's the best way I can break down mediocrity. Nikki, please do better. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, we are all over the place on this one, which you guys called. I knew it. I knew it. I'm sorry. I am going Indy 1 because you know what? We got a track record there, and it's something that I can buy into. You guys. Philip Rivers is not afraid to take risks downfield, which is great for T.Y. and mm. his receiving core. Like, they have mm. a solid O-line there. Going Indy all day, number one. Number two, I'm going Tennessee. I, I know I, <laughs> they're, this is more about Houston of why Tennessee is number two for me. Like, I know this offense runs through Derrick Henry, but again – I think Tannehill just fits there, and sometimes, guys, like, that's really all you can ask for to elevate your teammates around you. Um, So I think that we're going to see some of their consistency issues improve this year. Look, I did not want to put Houston 3 because they have crazy freaking talent, and they should be unstoppable. I have them at three because I have zero faith in Bill O'Brien's ability for play calling, his questionable decisions, and his ability to actually lead this team. So I put him all the way down at three, and I got Jacksonville four because I don't really, I don't know, I don't have any expectations here. I mean, I, I hope they get it together. They have what Jay Gruden now, so I guess we'll see what they can do, but. Um, yeah, I'm going Indy, Tennessee, unfortunately, Houston, then Jacksonville. <laughs> all right. I, I knew we'd be all over the place, guys. That's one thing I knew for sure. I just didn't know where it would be. That, yeah, I'm a little surprised at Indy won, but I, 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 I love the reasoning behind it, even though I don't agree. The fact that you say Philip Rivers, you're damn right. He's not afraid to take a shot downfield, Damien. So that adds a little credence to her argument there. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with the reasoning. She made a great argument for it. And, you know, that's why we, we have us during the show, because we might disagree. But you never can say that we're crazy, and that's something that we'll get into later. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my man with the tease. I love it. But before we move on, do you guys have a lot of faith in Houston's coaching? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's because of what he's 
shown us as a GM and as a coach, right? Last right. year, having that big lead against Kansas City and just in that dwindle away in the playoffs and being up by 24 and then losing it by double digits is just nuts. And that says a lot to your coach, man. It's a shame because that team should be really good. It is a shame, and, and they seem to be one and done every single year. You know, they get in the playoffs because they win a weak-ass division, and, you know, they sometimes win because they'll run into an Oakland who's completely banged up, and I remember even Derek Carr wasn't playing that game. Uh, yeah, sometimes they get lucky and do that, but they never seem to be in. You're right. I remember when they had that great defense, you know, especially when J.J. Watt was healthy and they had yeah. Clowney over there, and no, can never put it together. So who do you blame that on? Coaching. So I think you're 100% right. I absolutely agree with you that the coaching is the problem. And to, yeah, Bill Bill O'Brien, it's amazing that he stood around so long now. I, it seems like almost like the Marvin Lewis treatment in a way. It's like, yeah, you keep getting to the playoffs. You keep getting on the edge and everything like that. But you can't win a playoff game. But you're good enough for us to keep around because we can't find anybody better. It's it's very coincidental to me and you know those two franchises in and of itself. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you guys. This might be the last year for him, and we'll see. You know, maybe they'll go after one of the college guys. We'll see. All right, listen, third and three podcast, kicking your ass. A lot of things going on. We're going to take a really, really quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back with Mount Player Player, Knowledge with Nikki, and a whole lot more, guys. So hang in there. We will be right back. Podcast. We are back. Nikki, Damien, and me, Jason Fearman. Nikki, why are we playing this song? We are playing this song, one, because we decided it's way back Wednesday in the break. <laughs> we're about to talk about game day food. That is exactly right. New Mount Play a Play. You know, we bring a different segment every week, and this week it is game day foods. We've had a lot of these so far, and people really dug the sports documentaries last week. That was a lot of fun. So we're going Mount Play a Play a Game Day Foods. We're going to do the good foods and the ones that you want nowhere near your freaking table. So we're about to hit that up, guys. Are you all strapped in and ready to roll? Here we go. Here we go. Let's do it. All right. It is time. Nikki, since this was your brilliant idea as, as, you, as usual, you're always coming through with this good stuff. Why don't you kick us off with one of yours? We got Mount Play a Player. We are going Game day food style. Nikki, I can't wait to hear what comes out of your mouth right now. <laughs> All right. my I'm going to give you my number one. My number one is a burger and fries. For sure. Classic. That burger needs to be medium rare. Ooh. Do not smother that in ketchup. Do not put a tomato on that. Do not cook it to death. I can't with these people with this hockey puck of a burger smothered in ketchup. Get that out of my face. It's in the garbage. I don't want to see it. I want medium rare burger, lettuce, cheese, onion, and then I want a side of fries. Oh, well, look, I can't argue with any of that, but Damien, I'm just going to say this real quick. I was with you, Nikki, all the way until you said medium rare. I don't want to see anything red coming out of my burger. Steak is a different thing. That's a different kind of beef. All right. But I need my burger. You know, I'm not totally hockey puck over there, but Nikki, I'm sorry. I'm pretty damn close. I, 
I know. I know I killed you right there, but I, I can't deal with that with the red out of the burger. It's just it, it's a little bit too much for me. I keep thinking of, you know, poor cows and everything. And then I'm like, oh, damn it. Well, that's what I eat. You know, that's what God intended. So I got to go with it. But still, I can't look at that blood, Damien. <laughs> no, I'm, I like medium. I wouldn't say medium rare, but medium on my hamburgers and my steaks. Got to have enough of it to be cooked to where you know it's cooked, but enough of it to be where you know that you taste the juiciness of it. If you yes. cook, cook it too much, like a hockey puck, like Nikki said, you don't get any of the juice. And now you're sitting there chewing all super long because <laughs> and you can't even enjoy the game because it's y'all hurt. <laughs> so you gotta make sure that it's not too much, but also not cooked to the point where now you you see the cow still moving. Right. <laughs> that is good. That is good. Yes, I definitely agree. So, Nikki, I have no problem with your choice of food whatsoever. I would just cook it a different way. So, well done, no doubt. All right, Damien, what do you got, man? So for my number one, I gotta go with a classic pizza. Mm. You had a game. You had a game day event. Somebody orders good pizza. It's got to be good pizza. No, let's not, you know, no disrespect. If they want to sponsor us one day, we'll take it. But I'm not trying to do Little Caesars. Like we have to. Right, do- right. <laughs> we have to do a good pizza. So, like, my minimal like requirement is Pizza Hut, and then you can go up from there. Yeah, yeah. So if, like, you have a good place by you, like a good local pizza joint. Now you go with the local pizza joint that you know is going to be good instead of the chain place. And you have to have meat on your pizza. I went to one Super Bowl party and they had cheese pizza. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I get it if you have vegans at your party. I guess you can have the cheese pizza for them. But put it over in the corner somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> All the vegans and the people who want to be extra healthy can go get it. But I want meat on my pizza. Not just pepperoni. Pepperoni, sausage, bacon. Yes. And I want to be loaded yes. <laughs> on the pizza. You yes. cannot have it with just cheese or have some type of vegetable pizza, like one with just, you know, peppers and onions. Yeah. Pineapple. Pizza, pepperoni pizza. You can have one with pepperoni jalapenos, right? Ooh, yeah. And this might, be, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I do like pepperoni and pineapple. No! Wow, no! you did. There's no pineapple in pizza. Not in New Jersey. Pineapple tastes delicious on pizza. My first unpopular opinion of the day. I got to be being in Northeastern, you know, I, I, I'm here with Nikki on that one. Yeah. We don't put vegetables on our pizza. It's almost like against the law in the Northeastern States. I'm with you on that one. I hear you, but, and that's the thing with pizza. You're hundred percent right. You know, be being from New York, obviously I'm completely spoiled because we do have the best pizza on the planet and we're not going to sit here and even try to defend it. It's the absolute truth. It's a fact. Look it up. So we have the greatest pizza in the world. So I, look, pizza was on my Mount Playa Playa. There's no doubt about it. So I 1 billion percent agree. And yes, give me all the trimmings with it. And I thought you were going to say, when you were talking about unpopular opinion, I thought you were going to say you put anchovies on that damn thing. I was about to end the show. No. All right, good. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, time for one of mine. All right. I'll make it a a combo. I'll make it a drink and a food one. Like I said, pizza was certainly on mine, and I can't argue with burgers and fries. But how do you not have chips and salsa and obviously your favorite beer? Mine is is Amstel Light. I don't know. I just love the taste and I don't need to get drunk stupid on game day. I want to be able to watch everything. So I'm not looking to get completely drunk, but I want to drink that. I need my chips and salsa continuously 
fresh, brought out all the time. I always wanted around. So that's got to be there. And to me, you're almost set when you have that. But of course, I have more food I'm going to add on to this. But you got beer, you got chips and dip. You're in pretty good freaking shape, guys. Oh, yeah. You can't go wrong. No, yeah. You got to have the chips and salsa. And some form of chip and dip has got to be on your game day spread. It's a must. It's a must. There's no doubt. It's a must. So I'm definitely going with that one. So okay, can't, couldn't agree more, guys, so far. You want to do uh, want to do another good one or should we do a bad one? Let's keep the good vibes going. All right. I dig it. I dig it. All right, Nikki, keep it flowing. Well, I did have pizza as my number two. And, Damien, I'm with you. Like, I – well, I disagree with you on Pizza Hut. That's not allowed. It's not 1992. This is not Booking. <laughs> There's no Pizza Hut. There's no Domino's. There's no Papa Yo-Yo's. Whatever the hell you want to call it. So go to the local pizza place, right? You're probably from Brooklyn. You get the pizza. And look, look. This cheese, I got to get that perfect bite. This cheese cannot be falling off. That's unacceptable. Hot, fresh, tasty, melty cheese, okay? And do not, do not put fruit on my pizza. And God help you when I see a ranch on your pizza. I'm taking your food and it's going in, you know where, the garbage. Ranch on the pizza is a sin. You're like... That is absolutely, that's criminal. I, I can't see it. I'm with you. I'm with you right there. Yep. You got to do the right thing. Look, certain foods are good in certain places, but not all together at once sometimes. So I'm digging that. All right. Let me give you one real quick over here. And this one to me is a no brain. I got two more that are definites. One, uh, how do you not have an abundance of chicken wings just laying right in front of your face? I mean, it's just impossible not to, whether you barbecue style, hot and spicy, if you want a mild, I don't really care, but Wings are a definite for me. Give them to me. Keep giving them to me until I tell you to stop. And then in 15 minutes, give me a few more. I'm good. Chicken wings all the way, all day, 12 hours of football. I'm in, Damien. What do you think? Yeah, that was next one on my list is wings. Got to have different flavors. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Bone-in, okay? Bone-in mm. wings. Boneless wings are just nuggets with wing flavor. Right. You <laughs> <laughs> gotta have bone and wings. Now, I don't care if you like flats or you like drums. I'm more of a drum guy myself because I feel like it's more meat. You work less than you have to do with a flat. But no, <laughs> flats, no boneless wings. And this is a big thing. Do you dip your wings in ranch or blue cheese? Uh, you see... I'm more of a blue cheese guy when it, I'm not a fan of blue cheese, to be honest, but when it comes to that, it just seems to work. And I'm not a big, big dipper. I'll put a little bit on. So I don't like smush it in there and freaking get it all and change the color of the damn thing. So I'll get a little flavor, but I like the flavor in itself. Okay. What about you, Nikki? No, ranch is vile. Blue cheese all the way. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, when I ask you to stop, don't listen to me. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to bring me wings. I'm right there with you. <laughs> My man, I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, I think uh, we're actually up to you for another good one. Oh, we had- for me, for another good one. So I'm going to go with alcohol. You got to have alcohol at okay. your party. For, for sure. And yeah. if you're having a party where you know you're going to have people who also aren't diehard fans, you got to have a combination of beer. So the beer is for the people like us who want to watch the game, enjoy it, have a little buzz. The alcohol, the diet, you know, the hard alcohol is for the fans who may be the wife or husband who isn't a big fan. Yeah. Comes with the big fan. They can go ahead and enjoy. Or they're gambling on the game and that's why they're drinking so heavily. Yeah, exactly. So they can enjoy, (laughs) they can enjoy the big time drinks. I think you have a combination of both. You cannot have it just dry with no That's right. Keep it classy on game day, man. I'm with you all the way. I like it. I get it. <laughs> my last one, and there's a theme to everything, and we'll, we're going to talk about that when we get to the food that we don't want. My last one goes along with the wings in a wipe. It Ribs, man. Give me ribs. Rack of ribs. I'm all over it. I'll just, I don't care about getting dirty. I'll wash my freaking hands when I get up and I feel like it, and my face for that matter. But I'll take ribs all day long. Just feed them to me. Bring me the food. So I'm in on that. Nikki, you got another good one before we hop into the bed? Okay. Like, okay. Yeah, no, don't don't give me the hard pretzel handover in the bed. I gotta stop me trapping this. <laughs> if we ever get sponsored, they're like, no way. Um, no, but <laughs> I just don't don't give me pretzels. I want like from you know we have the pretzel factory here. Just give me those fresh hot pretzels and and look, it's got to be spicy mustard. You could do the cheese, but no other fancy sauces. I don't need the sweet potato dip and the marshmallow pumpkin and the fluff and the no, just fresh hot pretzel with spicy mustard. Gotta have it. Yeah, no doubt. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right, T? Exactly. I agree with, with that pick a lot. The pretzel, like if it's done right. Oh, there's nothing better in the world than a hot pretzel. Like it, yeah, it's 
that's a very good choice. No doubt. No doubt. All right. So those are some of the really good game day foods. We know there's a lot more. But you guys, uh, forgot, you guys forgot the biggest one. Uh-oh. How could we? What? What is it? How could you? You forgot subs. Ah, well, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That belongs. And, and, yeah, no. And you're not going to Subway. I don't mean Subway. <laughs> you, go to, you go to your corner deli. You get the nice boar's head, right? Turkey, provolone, lettuce, onion, oil, vinegar, salt, pepper, oregano. You get some, like, Ooh. roast beef Swiss on rye. You get a nice Italian. You cut that up. And then you got your chip spread. I, I mean, nothing like it. Nothing like it. Oh, our, our girl can eat, Damien. She knows how to eat, man. Yeah, I can't wait till, for the first third and three football party because we're definitely going to do it right. Yes, indeed. Going to Jersey for it. <laughs> <laughs> going to Jersey. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. Game day foods. Mount play a player segment of the day. Loving it so far here on third and three podcast. Guys, I'm going to give you my bed in one shot. If you noticed all the foods that not just I said, but every food that you said, there are things that you don't need to eat them. And that would be a fork and knife. There are no forks and knives on game day. You eat everything with your hands. Don't give me this sushi spread. That's number one. I don't want anything green unless you could smoke it. That's number two. And if, in, again, I don't know why they do it at ball games. Number one, have this have like these sushi bars and you can get like a salad. You want a salad? Go have a salad. Yeah, a salad at a game. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But here's the number one rule on game day. There should be no fork. There should be no knife. Your hands should be completely filthy. Go wash them after you've eaten your ribs and drank all the beer that you want and your chips and salsa or running down your shirt. But leave the fork and knife in the freaking drawer. It doesn't belong on game day. So any fork and knife food is out on game day for me, guys. <laughs> nah, that's, a, that's, a great, that's a great rule right there. I can't disagree. That's it. That's it. You just cannot use a fork and knife. And if you do, you're disqualified. You're out of the house and banned for two weeks. And when you come back, you need to pay money and bring the right type of food and do it the right way. So there are rules with this. There are rules. The only exception I can think of is in New Orleans, you know, you have like jambalaya on game day. Okay. Yeah, that's the only exception I can think of. You have to, you know, you need to fork for your jambalaya or red beans and rice. But Louisiana's a little different when it comes to food. But anything else... And there's a Louisiana sports reference, New Orleans, number one so far. I didn't think it would come this late, but there it is. But yeah, way to set me straight on that. That one makes sense there. I'm I'm with it. I'm with it. All right. Who's got some nastiness over here for the uh, don't want to get it off my freaking plate list over here? Damien, Nick, who's taking it? Uh, I'll go next. Um, I went to one party and had a fondue dip. Oh, God. And you (laughs) stayed? Game day should not be fancy. It should be people in jerseys who look their worst, who just came, rolled out of bed. We don't want fancy stuff, man. I like that. That's good, D. I like that one. <laughs> Nikki, what you got? Well, I'm going to be controversial here. Obviously. Uh, you wouldn't be you if you weren't. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. The, the chicken wings. I, listen, 
I don't like anything that I'm like overly. Just, if I have to concentrate more on my food than the game, I don't want it. Like, <laughs> I don't want buffalo sauce all over my fingers, my face. I probably got lipstick on. It's gonna be a disaster. Like. I just don't. I'm so worried about if I'm dripping sauce, if I'm at somebody's house. Like, I feel like messy foods, probably on your own, definitely not at a party. I'm not doing it. But, no, I have to concentrate too much. I just want to focus on the game. So I'm, I'm not here for the chicken wings. I'm not. Okay. All right. We're, we're all entitled. I know. I know. But, yeah. I was going to say, and please don't take it any other way, but I understand that being more of a woman thing than a guy thing. I, you know, I understand you guys have to always look proper. I get it. You know, you're a beautiful woman and God bless you for being so. So yeah, stay clean. I'm with that. Leave it to the guys to be dirty. That's cool. in a nutshell, so I'm ready to hear from you guys. I can't argue with him, Nikki. I'm with it. I can't argue with him. (laughs) All right. Before we get into our crazy segment where Nikki makes us look like fools, uh, what else do we got, guys? Like it's something that I've enjoyed. 
enjoyed that it surprised me. Like, I was like, oh, I'm kind of cultured. I like this. But, but if we're watching a game, there's no place for wine and cheese plates. No, not at all. With you all the way, all the way. Again, getting way too fancy schmancy for that sort of for football, man. I'm with you. I'm digging it. Nikki, you concur? The only other, the only other one I have, and maybe it's my aversion to it, but the, anything that's like excessive with the mayo, the, the mayo salad-based oh. foods. Like, I, I'm not here for the potato salad, the macaroni salad, your chicken salad, your disgusting devil egg. I yes. just, oh. That is barbecue food. Oh. It's not Father's Day. It's not Fourth of July. It's barbecue food, not game day food. So, so your coleslaws. No, I, that's in the garbage. I don't want it. I could not agree more. I'm all the way with you on that. I don't want any sort of slaw or salad of potatoes of any kind of nastiness like that. And when, <laughs> when you said mayo, that immediately made me gag. That's why I couldn't speak for a few seconds over there. But, yeah, I don't want no mayo anywhere near me. And if there's mayo in there, it better not taste like it, and I don't want to know about it. That's another thing. Yeah, exactly. Mayo? Oh, man, I, I'm not a big mayo fan. Mm-mm. Oh, man, no wonder... Get along so well. I hate mayonnaise with a passion. (laughs) (laughs) Like, when I tell you that mayonnaise is like the number one thing I hate most amongst foods, I'm not joking. Like, mayonnaise is the worst. It's nasty. People nowadays, like when you go to a restaurant, you should no longer have to ask for no mayo. Right. I hate when they don't ask for no mayo, and uh, my burger comes with this big slop of mayonnaise on it. <laughs> the a hole to say, can you take this back and bring on no mayonnaise? Especially if it's like it was a little bit of mayonnaise, I wipe it off. But they come with a big old slop of mayonnaise. Uh, uh. Who wanted this big old slop of mayonnaise on their burger? Right. Nobody. No. Like if somebody wants the mayonnaise, they should have to ask for it. Nobody should have to say no mayonnaise anymore. I feel like that should be an international rule. Yes, thank you. Let's put it in the freaking constitution for God's sake. That's that's exactly where it belongs. No mayo unless I say mayo. And it's so I'm so with you, man. It's I don't know why, but when I was younger with like my cold cut sandwiches or whatever, I'd put a little bit on, but you know, something one day told me, don't do that. That's absolutely disgusting. And yeah, just I, I, really quick, it's not even the story, I'll make it really fast. But I was dating this woman at one time many years ago, and uh, you know, I'd come home and she would be cooking. I'd be like, wow, this is freaking great. And she made chicken cutlet. I remember this one night and I'm like eating it. I'm like, oh, this is good. I'm like, what'd you make this with? I'm like, it tastes a little different. She goes, oh, well, this, that, the other thing. And, you know, I basted it with mayonnaise. I said, what the, what the hell did you just say to me? I said, you basted it with what? Mayonnaise? I'm like, what, what was your, what was your thinking behind this entire concoction right here? And she's looking at me like I got four heads. I'm like, no, there's one head that's speaking to you. You're the insane one. All right. This is a very unpopular opinion, darling. Do not put mayonnaise on my freaking chicken cutlets. Are you out of your damn mind? I couldn't believe it. And that was our first fight. And that was a big one. I was upset. I'm with you. I understand why you're so upset. At least give me a freaking warning, for God's sakes. I mean, it's not like the woman didn't know I didn't like mayonnaise. We knew each other for a very long time. She never saw me buy that crap once. Hellman's, you're out of my house, man. Goodness, God. Ooh, I'm with but you. Mayonnaise is a close second, and I mean tomato like 
like no, it's the tomato sauce on pizza is fine, but I'm not even that big with it on pasta. But like straight up slice of tomato on your burger or in your salad or on your sandwich, no. Let me let me ask you a question. When you look at a tomato, does it seem to you like it's finished or as if it's like in the larval stage of something like that? Because it doesn't yes, seem like I a food. Can't get past the inside. I can't do it. I'm not sure. It's disgusting. Those little ones that like burst in your no, I'm, like a mayo and tomato, whatever that is. I don't want any part of any mayo tomato combination. No, oh, man, we should have called this Mount Play a Play a Throw Up segment. Is what we should have called it at the end. Of the <laughs> <laughs> man, speaking of segments, we got a lot more. We're coming right back, Nikki with knowledge. All right, this is the third and three podcast again, presented by the Sports Column. Big shout out to Frankie Fear over there doing his thing at the Sports Column. Make sure you check it out. Third and three podcast coming right back. Four. Prejudice. Ignorance. You know you love it. That's right, girl. Go get him, Janet. Third and three podcast. Janet Jackson on the way the hell back Wednesday, baby. We love her. We love her. The Jackson 5 and all that sort of stuff. Beautiful, man. We were just talking off air for a minute. No single better performer in the world, in my opinion, than Michael Jackson. Man, do I miss him, man. What a freaking dancer. What a singer. And here we are on third and three podcast where I have no vocal cords whatsoever in singing at all. But at least I can speak and we can get into a little... Knowledge with Nikki time. It is trivia action where she completely destroys us. But you know what? We're ready for it. Nikki, how are we feeling this week? You think you're going to destroy us again? Or you think we got a shot at maybe answering one of these questions? Well, guys, it is statistics week. So I hope you study. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I don't know about the studying part of that because I have no idea what you're ever going to throw at us. But... It's knowledge with Nikki time, and Damien and I are ready to go. He went first last week. It is my turn to take the bullets this week. First shot. Here we go. Nikki, I am ready for you, kid. All right. Here we go. Now, I think you guys are going to do good this week. Okay. okay. So, we know that Jameis Winston has the most passing yards for the 2019 season. However, can you please tell me... Who finished in fifth place, and how many passing yards did that quarterback have? Okay, so last year Winston had the most. Who finished in fifth place? Yes. And the second part was, was there a second part? Yeah, how many yards? And how many yards? Okay. Who is it? How many yards and extra points if you could get the touchdowns? Last year, fifth. I think I had to have played a full season. So I'm going to say, as the Jeopardy music plays, I'm going to say, I'm going to take, I'm going to take a little bit of a wild guess and say it was Aaron Rodgers. It was not. Mm, Damn. All right. All right. Took a guess at it. Damien, it's steal time for you, bro. Oof, wow. 
thought you were right for a minute. All right, so I'll give you the quarterback, and you guys can get the yardage. Matt Ryan finished better. Uh, Matt Ryan. Yeah. Ryan had. Stab at the yards and the touchdowns. I'm going to try to get it within 50 yards, and I'm going to say that he had about 4,500 yards last year. Damien, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to guess the same thing, probably not 4,500. You want to do prices right and go $1? <laughs> 4501 Yeah. <laughs> 4466 Oh, so you were right. You were closer. Well, we were, hey, look, we were both right there, man. I'll say that's a pretty equal guess right there. All right. We were close. That's not bad. That's pretty good. And how many touchdowns last year, Matt Ryan? Um, 27? So close. Oof. Damien? I'm going to go 30. 26. Wow. You know, I feel good about that, though. That was, you know, that's a, that was a tough question. We did a good job, I think. I think we did a good job. All right. All right, Nikki, not bad. I'll take it. I'll take it. Down I'm one. For the yardage. All right. All right. Next question. Ready? Yes. The Ravens finished the year with the highest three point conversion percentage. Which team finished last at 29.05%? Ooh, okay. That's interesting. The team that jumped to me right away, and I'm not going to overthink it was the Raiders. No. Damn it. Mm. I should have thought about it a little more then. All right, Damien, try to get it, bro. So you said the team with the lowest three-point converter? Yes, it was 29.05%. Uh, was it the Bears? It was not. It was the Redskins. Mm, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That really does. That makes a lot of sense. All right. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm getting jabbed right now. We got a, before we move to the NBA question, we got a bonus statistics question. And I did this on purpose. It's each your guys' team. You know, hmm. make sure to help you guys out a little bit. You need it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do. It's a great question. Okay. Um, Richard Sherman. Yes. Okay. Do you know how many penalties? That's going to be really hard, but I'm going to take a crack at it. I, 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 was, I pretty much knew that was going to be the guy. Um, how many? I'm going to average a little. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to average one a game, maybe a little more, and say he had about 18. Okay, I'm way off on that one, but I'm happy I got the machine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we still get a point for that. Two okay. Points. Last one, NBA. Name the player that led the league last year in rebounds per game at 15.2. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one, Nikki. 15.2 rebounds last year. A few guys popping into my mind right now. I'm going to say Nikola Jokic. No. Damn. Mm. All right, D, you can steal it. I'm going to go with Andre Drummond. Yeah. Damn it. That was my second guess. I'm so pissed off. That was my second guess. I swear to God it was Andre Drummond. That's a sore loser. Uh, I am. Oh, I'm a sore loser. I can admit it. 
Good job, Damien. Nice job, bro. Right, so it's two to one right now, right? It's two to one, yes. It's two to one. Very serious here, guys. Oh, God, down to the wire. All right, Damien, ready? I'm ready. All right. So, we know that Derrick Henry was the leading rusher for the 2019 season, but who finished third and how many rushing yards did they have? Yes, so. All right. I have a couple in mind. I was thinking about him. And it was third, you said, right? All right. I know who was second, actually. So, you know, eliminate him. I have two guys in mind right now. I, I think it's one of the two. I'm going to say <sighs> Aaron Jones. No. Damn it. We we both guessed, right? Can I can I give my who I thought it should have been what I should have said, and I'm probably wrong on that too. What? I thought it was no. Zeke. I was gonna say Zeke. No, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Oh, oh, damn. Any guess? Any guess on his yards and touchdowns? You're first, Amy, and your call. Um, yards. I thought he was right under a thousand. I want to say nine ninety six. No. Uh, no, we're rushing yards. We're talking, right? For Nick Chubb. Yeah, Chubb, um, I'm pretty sure he was around the 1440 mark or something like that. Close, 1494. Yeah, I knew it was something in the 1400s. All right. All right. Anyone think it's Stan on the touchdowns? Go ahead, D. Uh, I'm going to say I'll go 10. Close. Nick Chubb, I thought, had 12 touchdowns last year. Eight. Okay. Ah, oh, damn. All right. Good question. I like it, though. Good question. Good question. I don't know how, I don't know how to score that. None? One? No, no. I, you know, it, it was his question, my steal. You know, I, I have to be, I guess, closer than that. I don't know how close I was, but closer than that, I guess. So, no, I don't think I deserve a point. All right. We're still we'll, make para- All right. we'll make parameters for that another time. All right, Damien. Which team finished with the highest sack percentage at 9.51% for the 2019 season? Oh, good question. The highest sack percentage. I think about three defensive teams. And how many was it, Nikki, per game? 9.51%. Wow, that's very good. I mean, they were definitely on my mind. I still do have a couple in mind here. I'm going to say, uh, who sacked uh, last year? Oh, man, I got too many teams in mind. I got to pick one. Um, I'm going to say the Cowboys. No, Pittsburgh. 
Ooh, pitch. All right. Yeah, TJ Watt. Yeah. All right. All right. Good question. Another good one. Right, right. Um, I'm going to go... I was pretty good last year, so I'm going to go with the guy who I am so glad he's gone. Was Eli Apple the most unlikely? Yes! Great. Great job. Very nice. Nice, bro. Good job. Actually, I take it back. I want credit for that yardage one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely right. No doubt. Son of a gun. All right. You got me, D. You got me. You definitely got me today. James Harden. That was the answer right there. Nice. Nikki. Well done again. Well done again. Absolutely. That's how we like it. That's how we like it. Nikki with Nikki's knowledge. Another beautiful segment. Nikki. Excellent. Excellent job as always. We love the fact, honestly, guys, that she does not make it easy for us at all. And today, I think even though not every question got answered correctly, went pretty good, as a matter of fact. Pretty good. You guys should feel great for the rest of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'll take that confidence right there. Again, another Knowledge with Nikki segment, Sports Trivia Action on 3rd and 3 podcast. We love it. It's definitely top segment for me. Absolutely love it. Going head-to-head with Damien over here. And we seem to be switching off every week, so I guess maybe I should study up a little bit. All right, and uh, speaking of my man Damien, the champ over here right now, we're, we're taking one of his segments, one of his babies, and we're going to put it into the third and three show. And Damien, please introduce to us the unpopular opinion, and am I crazy for saying it? Yeah, so uh, my mind works differently, right? And I always have these different opinions on things, and people call me crazy. So I <laughs> this segment where I put up my opinions, I ask people, am I crazy about this? And what I usually try to do is, I try to put my opinion out there and then bring my case about this opinion. And a lot of times I'm able to get people to see my side on it. And they're like, okay, I can see why you would say that. You may not agree, but at the end of it, they're like, okay, I can see this guy knows this stuff. And I know with you two, you guys are going to have some interesting opinions and also be able to back up your opinions. I'm excited to um, do this with you guys. So I'll go ahead and start it off just to like give an example out there. So for my unpopular opinion this week, I believe that Steve Nash indirectly cost Chris Paul an MVP trophy. Now, for the basketball heads out there, they might be wondering, how did Steve Nash cost Chris Paul an MVP trophy? Let me explain. So... Steve Nash won two MVPs, the 2004-2005 season and the 05-06 season, back-to-back. You might have famously seen Shaq complaining about this on TNT. Yep. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. those two 
years, he won MVP. That was the years, you know, the glory years for the Phoenix Suns out there in my area where I live at now. And but during those years, his stats were good, but the team was better. She had a player out west named Kobe Bryant, who was putting up phenomenal stats during that time. Now the Lakers team wise weren't having the success of the Suns, but Kobe Bryant was clearly the better player. During that time, a lot of people believe Kobe should have got an MVP, especially the year where he averaged 35 points a game, dropped 81 on the Toronto Raptors, and carried the Lakers to the playoffs without much help. So, you fast forward to 2008. Kobe Bryant and the Lakers are number one in the Western Conference. This is after they had the crazy trade where they got Pau Gasol on their team, one of the worst trades in history, how they got Pau Gasol somehow for Kwame Brown. Yeah, thanks to Jerry West. <laughs> yeah, one of the worst trades in history, but somehow they pulled it off. And they're the number one seed in the West. Corey Bryant's having another good year. And the 0708 year, Corey Bryant averaged 28.3 points per game, 6.3 rebounds, 5.4 assists. Had a very good year. But also that year, Chris Paul led the New Orleans Hornets, at the time now the Pelicans, led the Hornets to the number two seed in the Western Conference. They finished one game behind the Lakers with much less talent than the Lakers. And Chris Paul averaged 21 points. He led the league in assists with almost 12 assists a game. Also led the league in steals with almost three steals a game. Exactly. 49% from the field, 37% from three. The year before, the Hornets didn't even make the playoffs, and now they were the number two seed in the Western Conference. The reason that Chris Paul finished second in MVP vote that year but that Kobe didn't have an MVP yet. If Kobe would have got an MVP during one of those Steve Nash years, the voters uh-huh. would have felt obligated to give Kobe Bryant MVP that season, and Chris Paul would have won it. Now, some okay. people may say I'm crazy. What do you guys think? I'm going to start with Jason. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> first of all, before I say what I'm going to say, the first important thing is that Chris Paul is one of my fa- favorite basketball players of all time because what he does is – really not like many others have done between passing the ball and having his accurate mid-range jump shot, just creating and everything like that. But the reason I'll say you're crazy is because of what you said earlier in your comment is that Shaq really deserved those MVPs then. So if anything, Steve Nash stole one from him. Now I understand your conjunction where Kobe Bryant deserved his MVP. He did, but so did Shaq then also. And For Chris Paul to have those stats and to bring a team of really mediocrity all the way up to the second seed is phenomenal in itself. There's no doubt about it. But I, I don't, I don't, for that reason, now I would have no problem with him winning the MVP, but I don't blame it on the Steve Nash winning back to back. I blame that on the NBA and whoever votes on it for getting it wrong because Shaq should have won, if not both, absolutely one of them. So that's why I, would lean towards crazy a little bit with, with this unpopular opinion, which I think is, by the way, extremely well thought out. I was really listening intently to that to see where you were going, and that was really interesting. So when it comes down to players deserving their MVPs, Chris Paul has had numerous opportunities to get it, and I actually thought that he was a candidate to get it this year. So I'm not going to – I can't buy into all of that because, again, I think that Shaq initially got robbed. So – had it, you know, so given Kobe his in 08, understandably so, I mean, they went to the finals that year. And is that the year they beat the Celtics? No, that was the year that they lost the Celtics. They, okay, all right, right. Back to back, and they went one for one. So I'm going to lean a little bit towards crazy more, and that comes more from the Shaq part of it, where 
Kobe probably would have got his another way, but I don't think it directly connects to Nash in that aspect. Am I making sense? Yeah, no, I definitely understand what you're saying, especially the 0405 year. That was like the last year of Shaq being dominant. Right. He should have definitely won. He should have definitely won, in my opinion. There's no question. You know, I, I don't know why they gave him back to back Nash. Because again, we talk about guys deserving it. Yeah, Nash deserved one, but Shaq, I mean, come on, most dominant player in the league for how many years? So that's why I'm leaning in that direction. But I, I think that's a really, really well thought out statement and argument. I appreciate that, Nikki. What do you think? I didn't think you were going. That was a lot of depth and a lot of knowledge right there. I like that a lot. That was really, really good. So it's hard to say you're crazy because I totally understand where you're coming from. But I guess I blame it more on them not giving Shaq the MVP where, you know, they all could have got it. And again, Chris Paul, to me, is still an underrated player. What that guy does even nowadays is just unbelievable. Who would have thought he would have gone to OKC and made him a viable, um, you know, player in the Western Conference, right? That, that guy's great. He's phenomenal. Phenomenal. No doubt. I like that a lot, man. All right. Here's one of mine. Um, and this actually comes in light of what's going on now. In baseball, they're talking about having in extra innings, if they go to that in the 10th inning, they would start with a runner on second, have no outs. And, you know, you try to bring the guy in, score as many as you can. Of course, home team has their chance and whatnot. But that's not baseball. A lot like to me how college does it on the 25 yard line uh, in overtime and stuff like that. So, Here's my unpopular opinion, which I know is extremely unpopular, but the reason behind it is because the games in baseball take way too long. And also with what's going on this year, knowing that we have to try to get as many in as possible, I think that baseball should have tie games. That's what I think. I think that it has come time where they stop playing 17, 18 inning games, wearing out their players, going into the wee hours of the night, when you know what? You have 162 games to play. A few ties, is that really going to hurt you so much? No. If anything, it's going to preserve your players and allow them to be more healthy throughout the season and not have these crazy back-to-back games where you're waking up in five hours and you got to play another one. So baseball should have ties. Nikki, am I crazy? You are not crazy because it's interesting you went baseball with your unpopular opinion, and I did too. Um once I get there, I think you'll understand why I say that you're not crazy. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Can't wait to hear that. Damien, what do you think, bro? I'm out of my mind? No, I don't think you're crazy. Um, with, you know, hockey, you have ties, and it doesn't really affect them as much. You know, when you have that many games, if you have a few ties in there, it's fine. It's better to have a tie. So let's say that you say the max again can go is 13 innings. It gives you enough time to have an overtime period. But also, if you have a tie, hey, you have a tie. You have you pretty much can play that team the next day. The way baseball works, you can right. have to break the tie the next day. Sure, because you, you play two or three games against that same team. So I, I like what you're where you're going now. Thanks, I mean, yeah, I, I I just think it's time. Look, I'm I'm all for having an extra inning, even if they want to do two extra innings. But at some point, it, enough is enough. Enough is enough. So 
That's where I'm going with that one, guys. And I'm glad you agree. All right. Everybody listen out there. Baseball should have tie games. All right. Unpopular opinion, but I'm not crazy, according to my friends over here. All right. Who do we got now? As a, Nikki, is it your turn? It is. All right. <laughs> I'll give you my unpopular opinion. Oh, yes, please. Anything to shorten baseball. I am yes. sorry, guys. I, I enjoy it for a couple innings, but I think overall baseball is boring. Um, <laughs> I'm hyped for a little bit. It, they lose me real quick. I'm probably that market of like that more on the casual fan side that you want to capture the audience, but I just can't, I, I can't get into it like past the sixth inning. I, and even that, it just takes too long. I'm already channel flipping. Yes, they should. <laughs> they, they, like, some of these games just go on and on and on. It's like yeah. midnight on the East Coast. Like I can't do it. So, Maybe something, just a, I don't know, a little more action, ending in a tie. So I probably am crazy, but I think it's one of the more boring sports out there. Well, Dam- uh, Damien, let me take this real quick. I don't think you're crazy at all because I'm in this. Look, they need to catch up with the times. And the fact is baseball is a very slow game. And unless you're, you know, one of them old timers who, look, I love the game of baseball. I really do. But even me have a hard time sitting and watching a full game all the way. I'm, I'm with you. You know, a lot of commercials in between and everything. But yes, they got to speed up the game. They got to speed up the season as well. I don't think they need 162 games to figure out who the best eight teams or 10 teams in the league are. I think that's absolutely crazy. And we all know it's about money. So, Nikki, I agree in every aspect. Baseball needs to make changes and speeding up the game because we live in a right now world. Everything's done this second. I, I, I totally agree. You're not crazy at all. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I agree. Baseball's too slow. Um, I've never been like a huge baseball fan. The years where I was into it, they had something going on that caught our attention. The home run chase with Sammy and Mark McGuire. You know, some some playoff years. I can watch a playoff game because the tension of a playoff game keeps you there and the anticipation of what's going to happen next. But as far as like a regular season game on a regular Wednesday, I can't do it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, right, I'm right there with you. It's tough. No, unless we're at Yankee Stadium eating those chicken fingers, because they're probably. <laughs> I, will, I will say, I've been to a few games. I think baseball's probably one of those sports that's better in person. Like, I think hockey's better in person. Yes. Baseball translates a little bit better for me in person. But then again, I think it's like I'm at the stadium, I'm drinking, I'm having chicken fingers, I'm with my friends. So. You know, maybe that holds no merit at all, actually, now that I said it out loud. No, it does. You're going there because you enjoy a game, but it makes it all that much better, obviously, when you're having fun, drinking, eating, you're with your friends and everything. So it goes hand in hand almost with any sport. So, yes, it's to me, yes, it's a better live sport. So I think that's well done, no doubt. Let me see how we're doing with time over here. Yeah, let's uh, let's get a couple of more. And um, I'd like to keep continuing this. This is a great segment. So we will take a break in a few minutes. But let's get a few more. Uh, Damien, what do you got? Um, so since we're going to do a few more, I'll go with another football one or another sports one. You made me think about this one just now, Jason. College football overtime is horrible. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Because, okay, so you mentioned how they start the 25-yard line. What is this participation trophy of getting to get in the field goal range to start the possession? Thank you. Why are we starting the possession in field goal range? And now both teams, both defenses are just done. And we're so exhausted from going to five, six overtime. Yes. Because we can't stop anybody at this close of a range. Both teams just going back and forth. You know, going to six overtime. They're like, oh, this was such a great game. No, this was a long game. <laughs> 
crazy my friend at all i'm with you one billion percent and i don't even need to add anything on to that that was perfect pretty much you said it all you covered it i think a lot of people feel that way i don't know how unpopular that opinion is damian so but they should start adapting to you know to, to the pros i mean it's it's crazy like come on people we all have short attention spans let's shorten this stuff up <laughs> That, that's the, that's the truth. Again, it has a lot to do with the society that we just flat out live in. You know, the short attention spans. We need everything done right now. We we're going to get into a few more of these, no doubt, because I love this segment. And we got a couple more for you guys uh, before we close out the day over here on Third and Three Podcast. So hang in tight. We're going to be right back. You know why we're playing this song because we are going a little crazy over here with some of our unpopular opinions. One of the best segments with uh, Damien over here that he brings on his show into Twitter, having a great time at this. So unpopular opinion. Am I crazy? We threw a few good ones out at you guys already. College football, overtime rules, baseball, needing to speed the hell up, get their stuff together. All right. Have some tie games. Not a big deal. We got a few more for you guys. And we also got a little of which will happen first. All right, and then we're going to close it out with a little more dinner, club, and having you back in a fight action, which we just had a blast with last week, man. So we're going to keep it rolling over here. All right, guys, so a couple more we'll do each over here, Um, one or two more. Unpopular opinion. Let me give you guys – let me see if I can find one of my better ones. Um, Okay, I got got two I'm going to throw out. You know, I'll just do one right now, obviously, but – Here's an interesting one, which I haven't heard before, but I just kind of thought of it. If you don't win at least one NBA title, you cannot be considered a top 50 player in in the league of all time. Now, basically every great player in the NBA has won at least one NBA title. I mean, yes, there's a few exceptions here and there, as we know, but basically all of them have. So, with that being said, knowing that a guy like Patrick Ewing was in the top 50 at one time, probably not anymore, never won a title. Guys like that, uh, Carl Malone even, is he a top 50 player because he hasn't won a title? So that's my question. Unpopular opinion, am I crazy? If you have not won at least one NBA NBA title, you do not belong in the top 50 best all-time category. Damien, am I crazy? Yeah, man, I got to say you crazy. All right. <laughs> I thought you might. I thought you might. Yeah, man, I got to go Cocoa Puff on this one. Man. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about some of the greatest players of all time, they just ran into the greatest player. So when you think about Charles Barkley, 
Patrick Ewing, Carl Malone. Those guys are all top 50 guys. They just happen to run into the guy in Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you'll have this, this generation is a bit different than past generations. So I guess you can say that when it comes to people maybe past 2005. Maybe you could say anybody who didn't win a title after that shouldn't be considered because the, the rules of the league and how players move around change so much. But with past players, they didn't change teams as much. So they might have got stuck in a bad situation. If you go way back to someone like a George Gervin, for example, sure. one of the best scorers of all time, who didn't get a title because he was with, you know, San Antonio before they were the model franchise they are now. So I, I got to go crazy on that one, bro. And I think that's totally fair, man. And I was going through it in my head a little bit. And it's just because, again, how a single star stands out in basketball so much that, you know, you think they're going to win a title. But, yeah, you made a lot of compelling uh, arguments right there with guys and even like a Charles Barkley who can still be considered a top 50 player in, in many people's opinions. So I, I, I do get it. Nikki, you agree with Damian? Am I completely cuckoo over here? Yeah, I'm going to agree with Damian. <laughs> yeah, no, you made some real, really good points, um, especially with cast players. So, yeah, I think you're a little crazy for this one. All right. I thought I might be, but that's why we make these unpopular opinions. I'll give you guys my last one after we do a round robin over here. But, uh, Nikki, I know you got one that's not sports-related. We'll save that one for after Damien's right now. Damien, what do you got, bro? Oh, mine is not sports, not sports either. Oh, okay. It might be, it might be shocking. I think the show Seinfeld was just okay. The show. Damien, did you take my wait a minute? Were you thinking about my notes? Because, oh, we're going to beef right now. Go ahead. (laughs) So, I'm not going to go too long because I know Nikki has a split seems to agree. But with Seinfeld, I feel like it's overranked because people just, it was before time. I will give it that. Like the fact that they did a show where. They had episodes literally about nothing, right? Where they kind of just were in the restaurant waiting, and the whole the whole episode was about being at the restaurant, being stuck, and we couldn't relate to that. But obviously, when you compare it to other shows from the '90s, Fresh Prince, Martin, Living Single, uh, even Frasier, like some of these other shows that are out during that time, and Seinfeld's the one that's considered the show of the '90s. I just don't get it. I think Seinfeld, I'm a fan of Seinfeld himself. Like, I love comedians and cars getting coffee. I think that's a great show. Big fan of it. But Seinfeld, the show, okay. Am I crazy? Very interesting. Yeah. Nikki, you, you were jumping on it. You go first. <laughs> no, it's just, oh, so we all hate Mayo, and then we all talk about Seinfeld. So, but I, mine is similar, because I feel like a lot of the debate, people always talk about Seinfeld versus Friends, or Seinfeld versus, yeah, like a couple of the other shows. Mine specifically, Seinfeld is better than Friends, okay? I feel like everybody is jumping on this Friends nostalgia bandwagon. Like, no, I'm sorry. I can relate better to Seinfeld because, listen, they weren't, like, that great of people. I enjoy the humor of <laughs> that. Yeah, like, I'm not perfect. I could probably be just as terrible as they were. Um, listen, they gave us 
Festivus, Serenity Now, and you cannot name a better character than George Costanza. So you know what, yeah, Damien, Seinfeld is the show of the 90s, and it is better than most of them. But Jerry Seinfeld, I don't know if you guys ever seen him live, he is amazing, but yeah, sorry, Seinfeld takes the cake. That episode where they're waiting in the Chinese restaurant, I felt that. Have you ever just been so hungry and you're looking at somebody else's plate like, damn, let me get an egg roll, a fry, something? That is a great episode that is a great episode yeah I, look i'm seinfeld's not my favorite show of all time and you know i do like this a little more than seinfeld i'm not gonna lie but <laughs> yeah, I, I had to pull it out <laughs> i am more i am more of a friends fan there's no doubt i am but um I, I guess I'm kind of caught in between. I'm going to say you're crazy because it's so unpopular of opinion. It's ridiculous because everybody does love Seinfeld. And I do like that show. I guess yeah, it is. It's so witty and so humorous. And, yeah, I know those weird 90 shows take place in, like, three locations, whether it's a restaurant, their apartment, or the hallway. And that's basically all you get, you know, <laughs> or some, the living room and the kitchen. You know, sometimes that's all you get in other shows. But. No, nah, man, I just think the wit and uh, that episode in the Chinese restaurant is absolutely hysterical. And they bring in like, you know, Keith Hernandez from the Mets in an episode where he spit yeah. on Kramer. And it's like a whole conspiracy. And now, you know, Seinfeld doesn't want to help Keith Hernandez move anymore. I mean, just some of these things are just so damn good and funny. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go a little on the craziness with you, brother. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good show. I get it. I get it. Now, for the Seinfeld versus Friends, I do have Seinfeld over Friends. I just don't have Seinfeld as the show of the 90s. So we're all kind of like intertwined in our opinions there. But yeah. Seinfeld over Friends, but I don't have Seinfeld as the show of the 90s. Well, we don't know. Friends is just annoying. Like, get out of the coffee shop. And I ah. know that Seinfeld was in the diner. But I mean, always, like the six friends at the, at the coffee shop. And I just feel like their humor tended to be slightly corny. Like, I didn't think the jokes were all that funny, but... I, I don't know. I just think that I, you couldn't have done a better job casting each individual character for their roles than, than they did. I, I don't know. I just thought it was it was remarkable, and I still do. I watch reruns all the time. So, yeah, not of Seinfeld, of Friends. But, yeah, Seinfeld, not my favorite in the world. But, yeah, it, I guess it is an unpopular opinion. I will say that. Nikki, I know that you got one that's uh, not sports-related. I'll do my last one after that. So can't wait to hear what that you got. That was mine. No, go ahead. That was mine. Seinfeld over Friends. Oh, my bad, my bad. Sorry, sorry. Okay, so, Damien, did you have another, or is it my shot? No, it's your Okay, so the last one I'm going to go with, and I don't know, take this wherever you want, guys, but um, it's an unpopular opinion because I haven't heard it much, but it's one I've been saying really almost my whole life and still to this day after watching so many NBA stars that if I were to pick, if I were to start an NBA team, the very first player that I would pick is Magic Johnson. And I know that there are better overall basketball players, if you want to say it than that, more, you know, score more, whatever it is, tall or rebound better. But this guy as a rookie came in when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, he, he was unhealthy for uh, game six, I believe it was, in the NBA Finals. In his rookie season, he played center, scored 45 points, had 17 rebounds, nine assists or whatever it was, something like that. But his career obviously could have been longer and, you know, we all know what happened with the AIDS and everything like that. And that sucked. And it broke my heart to see Magic Johnson not playing basketball anymore as like a 10 or 11 year old. But if I'm starting a team, 
This guy has eyes, not just in the back of his head. He's got them on his feet. He's got them on his shoulder. This guy has eyes all over the place, and nobody saw a basketball court like that. So if you want to get a team going and you want, again, a leader, I'm going Magic Johnson. He would be my first pick. Am I crazy, guys? I'm going to say not crazy because Matt Johnson is my third greatest player of all time in my rankings. So to have him as the first pick makes sense because you can build around him with anybody. Yes. Especially in today's game. You can put, you know, four shooters around Magic and let him work. And he would be amazing. So I'm not going to go crazy. I would go with Michael Jordan first because, you know, he's the greatest in my opinion. But I can understand Magic Johnson being that first pick because – from there, you can build around him in such a way that it gives you a very big room for error because you have such a great magic. So I'm going to go not crazy, even though I would go with a different pick, but you're not crazy. All right. All right. That's definitely a fair assessment. All right. I, I dig it. Nikki, what do you think? Yeah, same. No, I don't think you're crazy because you can build around him. That's where I was going to go with it. Probably same. I would take Michael Jordan, but I don't, I don't think you're crazy at all. Yeah. Opinion. All right. No, all right. I appreciate that. You know, most people obviously go LeBron and Michael Jordan and there's, you know, it's hard to argue. Some people would say Kareem or even Shaq or whatever it may be, but um, no, that, look, that's the way it goes. That's the way I feel. He was just to me, the ultimate teammate, the ultimate everything. I love Magic Johnson, probably my favorite player of all time. Him and Chris Paul. Love those guys. All right. So that's unpopular opinion. Am I crazy? Sometimes we were, sometimes we wasn't. We'll leave the rest up to you guys out there. Damien, love that segment. Awesome. So we have some more time to get into some few more fun things with you guys. And I know you love it out there. So we're going to keep it rolling right now. We're going to get into a little bit more of this or that, which will happen first, or if you want to say more likely to happen. So I know we each got a few written down, guys. If you want, I'll kick this one off. And I'm actually going to make it a bonus question to start it off this way. All right. The first question is the rushing more likely to happen. NFL, the rushing record is broken and Eric Dickerson owns it right now with 2,105 or a baseball player hits 400 for the season. Both extremely hard to do. Nikki, you want to take a crack at it first? I'm going to go with the rushing record. Okay. Okay. What, what, what's your main reason behind it, do you think? <sighs> it's tough, but I just feel like that's probably a little bit more. Like, I feel like they're getting closer and closer, right? So eventually somebody's going to do that and break it. And I, I really feel like it probably could be any any season now. So. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, sometimes with the running game, the way it's going, Damien, and it's not used as much. That's why I think that eh, may be a tough one, but I'd love to hear what you got to say. So that's where I was going with the running game not being used as much, even with the dominant rushers. So with the, today's running backs, the running backs you think can do it, like a Derrick Henry or Ezekiel Elliott, they get used, or Christian McCaffrey, they get used less and less as the years go on. So it's hard to, for me to see somebody beating that single season record. Mm-hmm. And for baseball, I'm going to do a little shooting here. They're going to have a shortened season. Ooh. So if, if Ooh. someone gets hot for 60 games, huh. which is very possible, you could see somebody hit over 400 for a year, and I would say that this would be the best season to do it. If they do have a season, they finally agree to one. So I can see it happening this year in the short season. 
Now, that's really I didn't even think about that. Very well thought out right there. And and I would count it. Look, you know, it, it's not hard. It's very excuse me. It's very hard to do the last player to have a batting average of 400 or more through 60 games was Chipper Jones back in 2008. And it doesn't happen often. I think Ichiro did it a while ago. Tony Gwynn did it a couple of times. So that's very hard. But I'm with you because of the way that the running game is in the NFL now. I think it's going to be more difficult to do that. And I can see maybe a guy like Mike Trout, who's just one of the best baseball players I've ever seen. Maybe him, maybe somebody else, another up-and-comer. But both of those records, I think, are going to stand for a while. So, all right, I, I like I like both of them right there. So that's uh, that was my first more likely to happen. All right, who's the next? Oh, wait, time out. I'm sorry. I apologize, because I did have a bonus question. If, if uh, It's a question, actually, based off of that. Can you name... And if you want to do it collaboratively or one at a time, and I won't say a word, can you name all seven players who ran for over 2,000 yards? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got to try it. Like, I have to try you gotta it. You got to try it. Got to try it. Because won't let me not try it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with O.J. Simpson. Uh-huh. Um, Barry Sanders. Uh-huh. Jamal Lewis. Very good. CJ2K. Very good. Wow. Very, very good. Adrian Peterson, yes. That's five. Jamal Lewis. You said Jamal Lewis? Yes. Did, did you say him already? Or... No, I believe I said, might have. Let me make sure. OJ Simpson, Barry Sanders, um, CJ2K. Yes. Um, Adrian Peterson, Jamal Lewis. Yeah, and there's right. So there's two more. Terrell Davis. Yes. Oh man, this last one. If I don't get it, it's gonna haunt me forever. Uh, So one more guy. Damien, if you don't get this one, I'm gonna haunt you forever. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The last two thousand yards. Uh, I can't. I don't want to take too long. Who's who the last guy I'm missing? It's the guy who has the record. Who I just said, Eric Dickerson. Oh, Eric Dickerson. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was. You know what that was? You know what that was? That was just a classic brain fart. That's all it was. I give you full credit, bro. That was a good job, especially with the Jamal Lewis and the CJ2K. Those are the two tough ones in there. Very, very good, man. Good. Good job. I like it. All right, so that was my that was my first one of uh, more likely to happen with my little bonus question there. Nikki, you want to give it a shot? Sure. I have a funny one for you guys. Oh, of course you do. I can't wait. <laughs> okay. What is more likely? We eventually get picked up by ESPN for a radio show or <laughs> Sam Darnold wins league MVP. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Ooh, talk about in the world of things not likely to happen, not which one is more likely. But, um, yeah, Sam Darnold, I don't think he's ever going to win an MVP, and that's because the Jets are not going to put enough around him in eight to enable him to do that. So he's never going to have those gaudy numbers, and he's not the athletic guy who can move around and do this and that. So, honestly, I think that we got a much better shot of being on ESPN than freaking Sam Darnold does in the MVP. Sorry, Sam. I'm rooting for you, bro, but that's a tough one, man. Yeah, no, I gotta agree with Jason here. I think that you know, if ESPN doesn't pick us up, that'd be foolish not to. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam Donald, 
I don't see him winning MVP, especially no time soon. Like, if he does get one, it'll be sometime from now after, you know, our podcast. He comes to number one podcast in the world. That's right. So it'll be, <laughs> be some time after that. So I got to agree with Jason. Yeah, he's going to have to probably get traded in order for that to ever probably occur. He's going to have to get into a better franchise, Nikki. But good question. I'll dig it. I'm loving it. All right. Let's keep it rolling. We got, uh, you know, so much time. Let's keep it Let's keep it flowing, Damien. What do you got, bro? So for mine, it's – so will Nathan Peterman have a good game in the NFL or will people learn the difference between their – Yeah, Nikki, I'm laughing too much. You go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me put some faith in humanity. I think people get on the grammar train. And really, come on, people. It's not that hard. So I'm going to say... I have no faith in people's grammar except for Damien. He's the only one I know who can actually speak the language properly. This, I don't. I'm sorry. Look, you know what makes it even worse is the fact that we're texting and we can't even spell out good morning. It's GM and thank you is TY and LOL because I'm late. We don't, we're getting further and further away from the English language. Now we're using two letters to describe an entire sentence. So we're screwed. There's no way that this is going to happen. We're totally done. So, Nathan Peterman, you got way better of a chance than us ever speaking proper language, bro. All right? As, as crazy as that freaking sounds. So, there you go, D. I love that question right there because we ain't never going to get the English freaking grammar right. Never going to happen. Good one, bro. Good one. I like it. Let me throw it. He's still in the league somehow. Yeah, right? So Exactly. <laughs> Bravo, man. I like that. I want to throw one more at you guys. And this one is uh, a little directed at you, Damien. And it's not a slight. It really is. And it's actually a legit question. Okay. Who's going to win their, their next title? For, who's going to win the next title? The, the first, the next upcoming title. I'm sorry. So can't, can't even say it the right way. But will the New Orleans Saints win a Super Bowl? Or will the New Orleans Pelicans win an NBA championship? Which will happen first? That's a really good one. Uh, I'm going to go with the Saints because the Saints are closer. They were, they're a team that honestly should be right there in the mix this year. You like think about a team that won 13 games. They're, you know, they're the first team to win 13 games in history. That's been a wild card round. We showed you how crazy last year was. Right. So, so they can be right there again this year with a first round bye instead of playing in the wild card round and be set up for home field advantage. We know how big it is for Saints. And the Pelicans are a young team. I can see us definitely being a team that could be in contention three, four years from now with the Pelicans, especially with Zion. Once he develops a jump shot, it's going to be remarkable what he does with his game going forward. And I love, I love the nucleus of Zion, Lonzo, and Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday. I love the team, but they're still too young right now. But the Saints... They're kind of on that last two with Drew Brees, and even post-Drew Brees, if they get a good quarterback, they'll still be in contention. So I go with the same. I hear you, Nikki. Before I go to you real quick, I just want to say this. You see, my thing is that I don't think that the Saints are going to win another title when Drew Brees is around. I just think there are too many good teams out there. And, yes, they're certainly one of the top teams, no doubt. But 
I don't know, when I look at the Chiefs, Baltimore, especially just going to the AFC, even if they were to make it to the Super Bowl, I'd have a tough time seeing winning. And I do love the nu- the nucleus of the Pelicans, young core, guys that can grow up and learn together and really come together as a team. I'm going to go with them. And I'm not saying it's going to happen anytime soon. It could, again, four, five, six years down the road. But I think they got a better chance with their squad going into the future than the unknown after Drew Brees. So that's why I'm going to say the Pelicans – uh, Nikki, what do you think? Yeah, I think the Saints are closer, and you guys are underestimating the power of a team rallying around an icon on his last hurrah. So, okay, okay, all right. The hum- human positivity and power is a strong thing, and that could very well play into it. All right, guys, um, just to make sure we're, we're with the time over here. Let's get a couple of more of these, and we'll do some. Dinner, club, and fight action. So, who is up next? Uh, Damien, is it you? You're up next for more likely to happen? Let's get one more in. So, mine is a more logical one. What will happen first? Does Cam Newton get a job in the NFL? Or does the NBA season start? So, if the NBA season is set to start on July 30th, does Cam Newton get a job first? Or does the NBA season start? Hmm. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Nikki. Good question. Damn, I know. Um, I feel like it's a toss-up, but I'm going to say the NBA season starts before Cam Newton gets on the team. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go the other way. Uh, the the July 30th. Um, we're talking about a month away, and uh, players are going to start reporting uh, in the NFL and having training camp and whatnot. And we know that. And this is. I'm very unfortunate why I'm even saying the reason, but a lot of them are going to have COVID and we know that, and that includes quarterbacks. And that means that Cam Newton, Colin Kaepernick, other guys who may not have a job right now are going to have jobs. And I think that could happen within the next month. So I think that that's more likely to happen that Cam actually does get signed due to that. Not that he doesn't belong on an NFL team because he does, obviously everything is unknown with his injury right now, but I think that, a big reason why that happens is that, unfortunately. So that's that's the way I'm going. Yeah, that's a, that's very well thought out. That's a very good reason. Um, with I'm gonna go I'm gonna go NBA starting first. I, I can see Cam getting a job beginning of August. The very thing going on right before like preseason games start. Okay, him getting the squad. Yeah, that and that makes a lot of sense. I think they'll be pretty close in uh, proximity. That I can say for sure. All right, guys. You guys ready to – did we have one more or we're ready to jump on to our last segment with about five, six minutes to go? Dinner Fight Club, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. I can't wait to hear yours, guys. Uh, I wrote down just a couple for today. So, uh, Damien, would you like to kick it off? Yeah, I'll kick it off. So, we have to choose between these players and which one will we want to go to dinner with and have a conversation with, go to the club and party with, turn up, or have our back in the fight. So I'm going to start with NFL wide receivers. So would you rather go to dinner, club, or fight with Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco, mm-hmm. or Steve Smith Sr., or Michael Irvin? So for the three choices, is Chad Johnson, Ooh. Steve Smith Sr., or Michael Irvin? Very, very interesting. All right, nice. all right. Number one, right off the bat, I'm taking Steve Smith to back me up in a fight because he is one of the toughest dudes around. Yep. I mean, I don't want to call him, uh, you know, like, uh, what's the Napoleon complex? Cause it's not like he's a small guy, but for one of the smaller guys in the NFL, he's as tough as they come. So he's got my back. Know that about it. Um, 
Irvin, I'm going to have to talk to. I, I love him. I, I, he's one of my favorite players despite being a Dallas Cowboy. His intellect is fantastic, such a leader. He'd be great to talk to. And Ocho in the club, you know it's going to go off, man. So that's the way I'm doing it. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, going the same, I'm going the same way. Um, yeah, Steve Smith is scrappy, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Um, yeah, I'm talking to Michael Urban for sure. And Shadow just think of coming to the club because that's going to be wild. And I think last week we brought Antonio Brown and Deion Sanders, right? So yeah. uh, let's see how that let's see how <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Well, which way would you go, D? Yeah, I agree with you guys. So I'm going to Chad Johnson in the club. Steve Smith, he's one of the strongest guys in the NFL. Like I oh, watched yeah. a video on my Facebook of the other day of just him doing step arms. A full highlight of just him step arming people. Oh, you nice. Know, you know <laughs> how strong this dude is. And so you got to have him in a fight. And my urban conversation, the stories he's got to have about those 90s Cowboys. Gotta be crazy. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, like Nikki said, doing a documentary on that, we'd all love to see. All right, I'm going to throw out my one for the day in, um, you know, of course, in the grace of time over here. I'm going to go tight ends, guys, okay? We got we got some characters over here. We got George Kittle. We got Travis Kelsey. And, of course, Rob Gronkowski. Nikki, what are you doing? Oh, God. All right. Who is it again? We got uh, the greatest tight end in the history of the world, George Kittle. The second greatest, Rob Gronkowski, and then some guy who plays for the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey. All right, Gronk is coming to the club. I'm talking to George Kittle, and Travis Kelsey can back me up in a fight. All right, okay. What do you think, Ding? Man, that's a good one. I'm actually going with a surprise. I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey in the club because Kelsey can actually dance. He, right, he can party. Rock wants to dance. But can't. <laughs> That's good. Travis Kelsey because he actually dance. I think the girls will surround him a little bit more. Uh, I'm going Gronk have him back in the fight because Gronk is huge when playing. He's a huge guy, and we've seen his blocks. Like he's talking about putting people out of the club. Gronk when he's blocking is phenomenal. No doubt. <laughs> and I'm going George Kittle for the conversation. All right, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Uh, mine, real quick. Uh, I, I have to go to the club with Gronk and see what the hell he does actually in person, as opposed to on videotape. So I can't wait for that. Uh, Travis Kelsey, I'm going to sit down and talk to, and more along the lines of yell at him for what he did in the Super Bowl. So I got a few things I'd like to say to him. And uh, George Kittle, man, I don't know. Something tells me that guy is a maniac. So I will take him. He can have my back in a fight any day of the week, man. No doubt about it. No doubt. So, uh, look, we got time for one more. We got time for one more. So, Nikki, I believe it's yours, right? Yes, I have a way back Wednesday pop culture edition for you guys. Can't wait. All right, so I've got Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, or Jessica Simpson. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, I'm not taking any of them out to dinner because I know that they're just going to run up a bill on my butt and they ain't going to pay for it. So um, I think I'll take Aguilera to the club because she can either sing or dance. Uh, I'll go with that. Jessica Simpson, you know, I'd rather just not even talk to her or or do anything. So she's out of my whole list completely, Damien. <laughs> oh, so for me, I'm going to go dinner. I'm going to do dinner with Christina Aguilera. I feel like she be a good conversation, got some good stories. I'm going to do... I'm gonna go club with Jessica Simpson because she can do she can do either the country club or the hip hop club like she's versatile. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna go fight with Britney Spears. Anybody want to cut their hair off? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. No, I'm going Brittany in the club because this girl can dance. Uh, no, Christina. <laughs> 